Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Lowe Tolhurst, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. None of us, Kyle. Consequence Podcast Network. And welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thanks as always for making your way here and checking out the series. Please do hit that subscribe button. I put out three new interviews every single week. It's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists, discover some new ones, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, it's Spotify, Podchaser, NPR, WFPK.org, or YouTube for the video versions. I'm Kyle Merritt. Today, my guest, Bananarama, going to be talking with Sarah Dolan and Karen Woodward about their new record called Masquerade. It's a record that arrives on their 40th anniversary as a band and finds the duo leaning into Europop, uh, what we're calling period disco, and uh, plenty of nods to their 80s beginnings as well. Uh, we're going to talk about co-writing with Sarah's daughter, Alice D., big musician in her own right, uh, themes of inclusivity and diversity, and how little things have socially changed since the 80s, kind of until recently. Uh, we're also going to go back to their punkier beginnings, living above the uh, Sex Pistols' uh, Steve Jones and Paul Cook's apartments, and how the punk ethos still drives their outlook today, as well as the enduring love of Cruel Summer, which was recently covered live on stage by Lord. So let's do this. We're talking Masquerade. It's Kyle Meredith with Bananarama. Hello. Hi, Kyle. Hi. Hiya. From sunny London. Sunny London. And uh, that's weird because it's foggy Louisville today. So it's, we've oh. kind of... It's really hot. Yes. Yeah, we kind of switched it around. Uh, you all are back with such a fun new record called Masquerade. And I, I have had such a fun time dancing around to this. Congratulations on another on another great one. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it was never really, we hadn't planned on doing it, but we went into a second lockdown and thought we'd, uh, we'd make an EP because in the first lockdown we did, we wrote a, our autobiography. And then in the second one, we thought we'll do some, you know, four or five tracks for an EP. And then it, it, we were in lockdown so long, we just kept writing and uh, ended up with Masquerade, yeah. Yeah, I have a feeling that's how a lot of albums might have had. I mean, I've talked to a lot of artists that have had similar stories, but I feel like I that, that's sort of it. Like, hey, let's mess around for a bit. Whoops, here's an album. That's yeah. Well, when you, when you were looking at, you know, we had two summers full of shows and they were cancelled, then they were on the next year and then they were cancelled. So 
there, there wasn't really much to focus on apart from that. So yeah. back, we're back doing the shows with a vengeance. <laughs> well, this record then being sort of by happenstance does, I guess, coincidentally also arrive on the 40th anniversary of yeah. Bananarama. Did you did you take the opportunity or or find maybe naturally that um, that it needed or or could speak to your past at all? Lyrically, I think it just it is very organic. I mean, I when I write lyrics, I just write what I'm thinking at the time. But I think when I look back at them, they look some of them are quite nostalgic, particularly about mine and Karen's um, friendship uh, since we were children. We've known each other all our lives, so there's a lot of things remembering how it used to be, going out and clubbing, and all the different adventures. So there's lots of those sort of songs, but. Um, I don't know what the theme would be, really. I don't think we thought of the 40th anniversary necessarily, but um, yeah, there is there is a look back and a look forward, and it's kind of electro pop, which we love doing. So, I think I think if you listen to quite a bit of music that's out there now, there's a sort of nod to the 80s anyway. So I think it's not. I mean, I think it sounds really current, but uh, I think there are certain elements that could be taken as being quite 80s ish. But we, we don't tend to make plans when we work. We go in the studio with a very basic sort of track and we point our producer with suggestions of how it might pan out for the final version. We absolutely love being in the studio, which is why we ended up making the album. I mean, to sit and work on a basic track and develop it with all the vocal arrangements and trying different melodies. And I mean, it, it is something we just love doing. That sound too. Uh, I think. I mean, the synth and the Euro pop, but it has such a strong uh, fantasy. I, I think is the word I'm looking. For. Did I hear that one of you all said there was gothic, uh, gothic disco on the record? Was, was that <laughs> yeah. the term? Yeah. I, I think it sounds like monks chanting in masquerade. And there's and, um, a sort of quite harpsichordy type yeah. things. Uh, a little bit of Tudor in there. Yeah, we love a bit of history. <laughs> So, oh, yeah. period disco <laughs> like a historical drama come to life you know if, uh, if 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 record stores were still in the same way that they used to be where they did have everything by genre <laughs> like period disco you know, i, I want to see that sign yeah. hanging yeah i think the fact that we did it in a short space of time for me i feel it's, it makes it such a sort of cohesive album where all the songs hang together because it's quite concentrated in the period of time we did it. And um, if you compare it to the last album, which was sort of a collection of songs we'd worked on between shows and things over a period of years, they didn't quite hang together in the same way because there were so many different styles. So, I mean, I personally, I think it's my favorite album, at, certainly since drama. Ever. I mean, no, I well, kind of ever. <laughs> certainly since drama. <laughs> Well, there is those nice moments in there. And you're right. It, there is a cohesive sound, although there are these textures that kind of, you know, pop out every now and then that sort of makes yeah. each track their own. And, and you know, and for longtime fans, you know, when 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 there is that connection, and I guess I'm hitting on that past thing again, but like uh, like Bad Love. When I heard Bad Love, I was like, oh, we're getting really into the pocket of some classic sound right here. Like, <laughs> you know, are, are those are those moments as evident to you as, as maybe they are to us when, when they happen? It's strange, strange if you think that's quite a nostalgic song. I wrote that with my daughter, who's only very young. She's a, a singer-songwriter in her own, own right, Alice D. Um, I co-wrote three tracks with her, and um, favourite from the album is is one of her songs that as, she's as written. Is, 
brand new. Brand new. So she kind of was involved in five tracks. So she wrote two herself and then I wrote, yeah, Bad Luck with her. But um, it sounds something like we might have done in the 80s, but yeah, it's strange that she had that I, sensibility I think the too. ones that Alice is involved with have a sort of different, fresher sort of sound for me because she does bring something completely different. And we, she does her own thing and is very independent, but she is quite intertwined in our lives and helps us quite a lot <laughs> in our, in well, our I mean, she career. Does our, she, she does, does our, our social media and all the stuff. <laughs> the, those songs, especially the, the ones that she wrote uh, that you all mentioned, Favoured and Brand New, there's there's interesting because I, I was trying to you know sort of as I listen to some of the songs and how they kind of work together those two songs that I guess it makes sense them coming from the same person uh not your flavor of the month and that's sort of also that's that's in favorites and it also sort of comes back in with brand new too you know as I listen to this record there is a sense that I don't know it's an album for lovers I guess well, certainly some of the lyrics, I think, for me, it was, I, I wrote about like past lovers and past friends and how their, things hadn't worked out. And, um, but you do remember that first time you were together and the excitement of youth and, and all that kind of adventure. So, yeah, there's definitely um, that, that sort of vibe on the album, I think. Do you, can you, has that changed in the way you approach songs like that over the years? I mean, we grow as people. Uh, I would imagine that maybe the way you approach any kind of love, romantic or not, has, has, has might have changed uh, over the years? Um, I think songs are generally reflect where you are in your life at the moment they're recorded or written or recorded. And um, as Sarah said, she she's, writes most of the lyrics and the, the ones that she's reflected on in the past, I found very moving. I think... Um, there was one she Forever said, young. Forever Young, which Sarah wrote with Alice, um, very much reminiscing about our life together. And I felt very emotional when I heard it. And I think it's really, really powerful. I think it's always, you know, our songs have always reflected where we are. And I think my favorite possibly lyrics Sarah's ever written are, are Masquerade. And I think that is also a point where we certainly have got to a point in our lives where you kind of, do your own thing and care less what people think and you're comfortable in your own skin. And then there's so much on the news about people who kind of can't be or are bullied or you can't, you're not comfortable being yourself. And that reflects the time of now and how we feel and how we feel we've almost got past that. I think, I think they're my favorite. <clears throat> I think they're my favorite ones you've ever done, sir. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> but I mean, society has changed as far as there is that whole inclusivity and diversity and we're trying to include everybody. It's still a real slog for, you know, yeah. a lot of people. But that was, I was kind of exhausted by everything I saw on TV during lockdown. It's like, why can't you just let people live how they want to live and stop judging them and making them fearful? And, you know, we all put on different masks to, to present ourselves in different ways where we feel comfortable or not. And it was that was kind of the basic idea of the, of that track. I think writing the book as well. When we were doing the book and looking back, you realised how little things progressed, and we experienced it in the eighties, being young girls in the music industry, and how things hadn't really progressed at all until the very recent years when things people started coming out and saying, "No, this is not right." And I think. 
there's a point where you think, well, I should have said that or because we experienced it and we just, we were so used to it with the era we grew up in that you just sort of got on with it and we were strong in ourselves, but we didn't bring it to anyone's attention. And, and so that is one of the amazing things that I think has happened through social media and people having the freedom to say what they really think. Shout out to uh, Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Uh, I, I live in Kentucky, in the Midwest, and allergies, yeah, I suffer. When I say I suffer from allergies, I suffer from allergies. And around here, everyone I know deals with allergies to some degree. And for a long time, I thought it was just something that I would have to live with, which is a real problem um, for anything, but especially when you're a radio host. It affects my voice, it affects my mood, it affects everything. And I feel like I've tried every, I've tried all the medicines. Some of them work better than others, but there's, there's never a perfect one out there, especially because some of them take forever to actually work and some of them don't work at all. And then there's Astapro, the fastest solution to nasal allergy symptoms. It's what I use now, and it's definitely changed my life. Astapro is the first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Uh, Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription-strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. With all the pollen in the air, with all the dust around the, the corners of the house, uh, even with uh, the allergies I have from my dog, Astapro has been the nasal spray that has helped me with all of my allergies. And it can help you too. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A S T E P R O allergy.com. That's A S T E P R O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. I think a lot of us have, when we look back, even to ourselves, are, are a little bit apologetic um, of like, oh, how, but you know what, the, like, I'm not trying to make excuses, but it's almost like, I, I think, you know, we weren't equipped until we were, you know, yeah. for a lot of that, mm -hmm. you, know, yeah, yeah. you know, so it's, it's like, yep. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just agreeing with you on this, but I think I think that does come with a, a certain amount of learning. But when you take that song and the representation that it has, uh, talking about Masquerade, the representation it has in the in 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 the actual track, making it the album title, do you then find that it starts to speak for the other songs in a certain way? I think so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I I think it's probably obviously it's the lead single on there, so that's um, it was obviously quite an important track to us but um i think it, it covers a lot of things really i mean it's not overly serious but it is you know it's our life and it's how we're feeling and how how we felt about our past and 
how we're good at what we do and we do a certain thing and we're not so good at something else, but this is what we do and, and we really enjoy it. Um, yeah, a masquerade was a great title, really, if I'm honest. <laughs> it's a good word. <laughs> Don't overthink it. <laughs> but I think those moments are there too, like uh, waiting for the sun to shine. Like when I hear that, that feels like it also takes uh, a sort of a global view in that way. Is, yeah, is, was, is that correct? It was absolutely yeah. that. It was about, you know, uh, again, you watch on TV, everybody struggling, having a really hard time, people dying, not getting to say goodbye. And it's like, <clears throat> it was just a, a positive a line to hope. say, yeah, a song of hope. Yeah. So, yeah, that's coming correct. out of dark times. And, and they were very dark times. I mean, that, that you know, that, that period of lockdown and the whole sort of COVID thing felt like it was never going to end ever at some point. And when just when you did, you went back into mm -hmm. it. And yeah, it was, I think it was a lonely time for a lot of people and a yeah. really horrendous time for so many people. And it's just trying to cling on to the thought that there's something better ahead, really. Well, the album makes me feel like that. I mean, that track, especially is one I kind of grabbed onto. It's, it's a powerful moment on the record. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, as they continue too, and, and as you said, um, taking these songs out live, finally. <laughs> And, and what that means, uh, I, what I, I said there, uh, well, I guess what I, I read or saw in an interview that there are going to be anniversary surprises all year long. What exactly does that, does that mean in this situation? Well, we can't tell you. One thing at a time. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we've ever done so much work in these last yeah. couple of months. It's just crazy. Which is, uh, which fantastic. is fantastic. I mean, yeah. you know, we are incredibly lucky to still be able to work in, in the way we do after 40 years. Yeah, I think, um, you know, um, the media over here have really embraced the fact that, yeah. you know, it's 40 years, so we've been lucky that we've got, you know, a lot of promo going on, but um, yeah, it's been been great. And the Stones are doing 60 years, yeah. so who knows? <laughs> there's still a lot of road ahead. Is, <laughs> you know, and there's, it, it does seem like this uh, interesting, everything all at once, you know, from, I don't know, as you were saying, the 80s being, you know, they, it comes in this waves of Vogue, you know, Stranger Things yeah. and Kate Bush and Metallica today. And and then there's the Sex Pistols uh, documentary and Max's Kansas yeah. City. And I, I started thinking about that, too, like you all coming even before, you know, we got to know you as, as sort of, you know, what Bananarama came to be musically, but coming from the punk scene. I mean, have you been revisiting that version of your past? Well, we were very young in the punk scene when we were around about 13, yeah, we 14. Were so, I mean, we did eventually meet Paul Cook and Steve Jones, but that was early 80s. And then we ended up sort of living in their above their rehearsal room. That's the sort of beginnings of, of mine and Karen's music career. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think that punk thing always stays with you because it's that, certainly at 13, 14, that's the sort of when you're trying to find your own voice and your own, be your own person. So the fact these people were like really... DIY do it themselves and, and just, just getting up and playing and singing and there were more females Susie and you just thought yeah I mean I don't think we thought we wanted to be in music at that point because you don't think you you know that's that's the road you can but take I think but it was that sort of first taster of the fact that you it was, it's not even being rebellious it's just not having to be like everyone else and having you know doing stuff under your own steam and having an attitude don't tell me I can't do it mm. because I can. And that I think is the sort of punk ethic that 
we probably still carry with us to this day. Yeah, don't tell you me know, I that can't determination. Because I'm a girl. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. Really. Yeah, it seems like it's uh, it's served you very well uh, throughout this entire yeah. career. And now, I mean, you all speaking of DIY. I mean, how much is it complete control? Are you running everything at this point? I think we've always yeah. had quite a lot of control, but obviously we were not a record company, which we now are. So we can self-release and we can choose how we want to promote ourselves and who we use. I think we've been in the business for long enough now to have a team around us that have always worked with us. Therefore, we just, you know, we just pay them now and they, and they work for us. So it, it's, it, I really enjoy it. I mean, I just think it's, it's not that it's taken that long to get control, but now, you know, a great deal more control and it's, you know, it suits our, our, our way of life now just to, to decide what we want to do and when we want to do it. Apart from the vinyl hold up. Yes. <laughs> Shouldn't that be the way anyway? That's uh, for any yeah, artist, you know. It should be. I mean, you know, everything's been sort of a bit crushed together mm -hmm. because there was a seven month delay on pressing vinyl over here. So everything's supposedly because of Brexit. Once. So yeah. we had to wait and doing the sort of promo when we've got loads of shows on and stuff is... Which is why so, we missed you the other yes. day. <laughs> <laughs> But now we get to make it up today. So it's still, I know. It's, it's still great. Uh, I cannot seriously compliment you enough. Uh, I, this is such a fun record. I hope it doesn't take another pandemic to get you guys to do another record this quickly, though. That's because uh, you're spoiling us already now with two records really quick. I know. I know. It's after shocking. a 10 year break. I yeah. Well, we don't make plans. So, yeah. you know, get a bit of time off. We'll probably do another one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not trying to be that interviewer like uh, the record's not out but when's the next one when's the next one gonna come <laughs> yes. I'm just saying that I'm gonna be very excited when it does come uh, oh, and I really do mean that well like I said we, we do have other plans um in the pipeline which we won't talk about in case they don't happen it would but, be great to come out to the states yeah because we love being there come out here the, the fans are still here I saw was it Lord was covering Cruel Summer the other day? I know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I she did it at Glastonbury. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Oh, she had to come over there to do it. Now she's got to come back over here and do it too. That's uh... yeah. <laughs> no, it's always hugely flattering when people cover your music, and Cruel Summer does seem to be the one that everyone goes to. Um, fantastic to hear it done. I think America took it to their hearts yeah. more than anywhere else. I mean, they Cruel really, Summer. Yeah. Cruel Summer. They really, really loved that song. Yeah, you know, you know, there there are some songs that have a certain type of magic in them. I, I believe that. That's one of those for me too. Uh, and and I love so many of your songs. But when that one comes on, I go back. I time travel anywhere I'm at. I'm gone. I, I'm taken from everyone, and I'm there is a feeling in it. You know, yeah, yeah it kind of doesn't sound like any other song yeah. even from that era. I feel, yeah. And that's what music is about, isn't it? Transporting you back yeah. to your memories and happy times or whatever times you had. That, that's what it's there for, really, isn't it? I can feel the asphalt and the buildings and just anything that I need to. And that's <laughs> <laughs> it's all there. Uh, thank you all both uh, for the new music and, uh, and especially for talking about it today. This has been such a pleasure. Thank thanks, you Kyle. so much. Thank it's you. It's been lovely. My thanks. Bananarama, the new album, is called Masquerade. And thanks to you for checking out the episode in the series. Again, please hit that subscribe button while you're here. Uh, a new interview arrives every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists. Discover some new ones. iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, NPR, WFPK.org, or YouTube for the video versions. 
Then after that, head over to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern. An hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, bonus interviews. Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also find me on the social media spots, uh, Facebook, Instagram, mostly Twitter. All three of them, at Kyle Meredith. I do hope you like and follow along. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. We never miss anything and we're always early. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.